Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, I am a tiny bit discombobulated. Headset in a snag. My jack is not all jacked up. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. You should be, and I know you are, as well, because the good boys of Duval keep winning football games. And here we are, December 20th, 2022. The magical season continues. I mean, a 6-8 and eight ball club. I mean, you would think that this team right now is 12-2, and two, and I love it. I'm, I'm not disparaging it. I'm not talking it down. I love it. I mean, this is, this is puppy love, you know? This is like back when I grew up and I would listen to the great um, storytelling, songwriting, James Taylor, Harry Chapin, Elton John, Billy Joel... Simon and Garfunkel, Seals and Crofts. This is like the first time you ever kissed someone in the back of a station wagon type of feel. A 6-8 and eight team, and the entire city is captivated. A little bit of money has trickled in today on the New Jersey team, that being, of course, the New York Jets, as we get ready for a football game coming up in 48 hours. It'll be a very interesting one. Can the Jaguars get it done on the road against the Jets. The Jets are one of those teams that are sneaky. They're right there with Jacksonville. They're right there with Detroit. Um, you know, there's probably a couple of other teams in the NFL that you could put in that category as well. Probably would have said New England, but, you know, of course, the way that they blew that football game against the Raiders last Sunday, I think we're going to have to eliminate them. Uh, what I find is really interesting about this game And I think most of you would disagree, but as always, we're so interactive here on Into the Night, and we wouldn't have it any other way because we appreciate each and every one of you in the volume of uh, the, um, you know, the the volume that rolls in with your commentary is absolutely spectacular. Let's start with the text line, 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I, I want to say we set a record. Doesn't matter what. I mean, you can put us on anytime you want, okay? We're flexible. We don't need two days rest or three days rest. We don't need, you know, to bounce back from our rehabilitation by uh, throwing on flat ground and then throwing soft toss and then finally getting up on the bump and being able to face live batting practice. Uh-uh. Just tell us when and tell us where, and that's the deal, okay? But I don't care where we go, you follow And it has been absolutely phenomenal, your response so far this year during the football season. Again, the text line, 641-1010. 
Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, certainly on Twitter, Blue1010XL. Are we on YouTube tonight? I, I know we're on late. Are we on YouTube we tonight? We are on YouTube. All yeah? you got to do is go to 1010XL's YouTube page. We are the first video. It says live. Give us a click. Share with your friends. Give us a like. When and then when? Jags did that, right? That was the theme of all last week. You won a big game. You came from behind. You knocked off Tennessee. You snapped that streak. You came from behind again this past week, including being down, what, 21-7. to Just just amazing to me that they – I mean, I, I'm still having a tough time believing down 21-7 at half, and then you're down 27-10 late in the third quarter. And still, this football team is able to um, come from behind and, and win games. What becomes interesting now is this. All of a sudden, this is now a game where Jacksonville is going to get picked. Not only here in town, okay? And I, I want to say, did anyone pick? I picked Jacksonville over Tennessee. I know I was clearly in the minority there. I want to say everyone, or I guess I shouldn't use the word everyone, but I want to say that, that most picked Dallas over Jacksonville last week. Certainly, I did pick the Cowboys. Did, did anyone on primetime pick? Matt Hayes and uh, Leon picked pick the Jags, but everybody else besides Well, what are they course, drinking? Laura, Laura and and, and, and why, aren't, why aren't we getting any of that here at night? If, <laughs> if Mr. College football Matt Hayes had it and the greatest right tackle of our franchise's history had it, so those two had it. Did, besides did, that, uh, anyone else on the station? Nobody on our shows I've worked on. Yeah, and and you know what? That's not a knock because Dallas had won four in a row, six of seven. I mean, again, you look at their numbers. They were third in scoring offense. They were third in scoring defense. They were first in the NFL in sacks with forty-eight. You realize the offensive line, even though it became a patchwork offensive line, where both starting tackles went down allowed 12 pressures to Micah Parsons, but only allowed one sack. And again, that's kind of, you know, you would look at that as maybe hidden yards if you were to look at skill position guys or things like that. But what a great effort by this offensive line. So it gets us now to the point I'm, I'm trying to make here. This is a game you should win. Ken Jacksonville win this game. They've been dogs the last two weeks they came from behind. Now they're going to get picked. The glorified national media, NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, every national brand, every entity, it was very much sided towards Dallas a week ago and very much sided towards Tennessee two weeks ago. That's going to change now. It's probably going to be 50-50. Heck, it may be 60-65 you know, 35 favoring Jacksonville. Can they deal with their own success? To me, that's one of the biggest messages heading into this week's game against the New York Jets. All right, this is what we do on Tuesday night. We allow you to get it all out. And it's, it's, it's really intriguing to me because when Jacksonville loses – there's so much venom, okay? There's so much angst. There's so much here we go again. There's so much this guy has to go, this coach has to go, this player has to go. When they win, it's a little bit of a flat line. Not, not completely, but now I don't know if you folks are still drunk. 
I don't know if you folks are in day two of a hangover. Uh, and I've always, since I am a student of sports radio, I know that forever that the best sports radio that you are going to get is when the team that the city loves loses. However, being a constant loser year after year after year, game after game after game, can become stale. Um, I don't find that to be the case with people who I get the opportunity to react with. I am a little bit interested. What about the other side? Are you afraid to pound your chest? Are you afraid to scream to the heavens because all of a sudden you're becoming a believer? You're watching a 23-year-old quarterback get better week after week after week. You're clearly seeing a much better coaching staff, just a tremendous offensive staff uh, that they have put in order here, and you witness the improvement on a week-to-week basis. I'll be the first to tell you I still have some reservations about the defensive side of the ball, uh, but that is something that we'll approach and, and get after on a weekly basis. Heck, it may be on a daily basis uh, once this season does come to an end. Anyway, Tuesday night, we give you the opportunity to tell us how you're feeling after the Jaguars win. 641-1010, best way to do so. We're going to take calls tonight. Same number, 641-1010. You know that those same digits also apply to our text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. So we give you that opportunity tonight. Also, on the eve of signing day, that is open as well. Okay? Florida State doing really well in the transfer portal. Florida State, is there a surprise coming in tonight with them as far as a senior coming out of high school? Miami is just lighting it up. You know, top three class. For the Hurricanes, the Florida Gators, sensational. It's going to be a top five, six, seven uh, class when it's all said and done uh, for the University of Florida. So several different ways that you can get to us tonight. And again, we really enjoy doing that with you on Tuesdays around here, giving you the opportunity uh, to voice your opinion on the good, the bad, or anything else that is going on with the Jaguars. All right. If you have not heard, it's going to be Zach Wilson, okay? Mike White is not able to give it a go. So we're going to get a rematch from the 2021 game. And I was really looking at these numbers uh, earlier today because I was uh, in New York slash New Jersey last year on Christmas Day, okay? The game was played the day after Christmas, and I was still a little bit amazed. I, I... you know, typically have some good buddies in, in New York that, that I get up with. I used to get up with former employee here, Amanda Borges, who, who went on from New York to San Francisco. I want to say she's back now uh, somewhere uh, east. Uh, it may be Connecticut. It may be New Jersey. Uh, but nonetheless, on, on this particular one on Christmas Day, I knew it would be a, a, a weird deal. So I, I kind of hit the streets on my own. Uh, the others who are part of the radio broadcast team were – Going to do something pretty simple by the hotel. I elected to go take a dive uh, deep into the city. And I was amazed that even one year ago, just how active COVID really was in New York. I mean, obviously around here, it had been forgotten about, it, it feels like almost immediately. 
Uh, there, everywhere, streets filled with people wearing masks. Um, a couple places I went into, I had to show an ID, stuff like that. Uh, but, but anyway, um, walking the streets there in New York, and I, I, I took a photo of it. I, I stopped by the uh, Spark Steakhouse where John Gotti and Sammy DeBull Gravano did, did uh, uh, take the life of the uh, former boss, um, Phil, uh, Phil Castellano. Right, he of the Gambino uh, family, and I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the mafia, so I, I wanted to see that. Unfortunately, the restaurant uh, was closed on Christmas Day, but the game was an interesting one. And for starters, I want to say this: the NFL is different from college when it comes to a holdover. Okay, if Florida State beats Florida in football like they did. Everyone remembers that, and everyone is going to talk about that before the game the following season. I don't think there's going to be much talk at all about the New York Jets winning a game 26-21 at home a year ago. I do believe that there is some turnover with divisional matchups, okay? What Jacksonville does this year against Indianapolis, Tennessee, and Houston That'll be a talking point when we get into the 2023 season. Those three teams, yes. But I, I don't think any other type of matchups that you have, like here we go. Jacksonville's going back to New Jersey for a second consecutive year to play a football game. But anyway, I was talking with someone about this a little bit earlier today, and we were kind of going back and forth about the Jets in 2021 that were you know won four football games, the Jaguars a year ago that won three football games, talking about Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. So I went back and I looked, and you realize last year, the Jets in this game, they won by five, and they put up 10 points in the fourth quarter. But on that particular day, all Zach Wilson did was go 14 to 22. He threw 22 passes in a football game. He had one touchdown. He didn't have a pick. And on that day, New York ran the ball 36 times for 273 yards. He had that really long touchdown run. He did. He had four carries for 91 yards, including the 52-yarder for a touch. If you look at the Jets right now, and that is what I am doing, this football team today, on the 20th of December, 2022, they cannot run the football. Okay? They, they just can't do it. They, Brees Hall is a guy that they, they really liked, and he was averaging nearly six yards a carry uh, before his injury. He's not playing. Uh, the James Robinson experiment is gone. He's not even healthy on game day. And, and to me, that's another interesting question because I think the fans and the media are going to be like, well, James Robinson's forcing, you know, taking on his former team, get him healthy, play him, see what he can do. I'm sure he's got a lot to prove. I, just for one reason or another, I, I don't believe that in the NFL that really is applied. And Robert Sala and his staff, they're going to look at it and say, we're going to play the guys who we believe gives us the best opportunity to win. So despite all that, I wouldn't be shocked if, again, you do not see James Robinson, even in a uniform. On, on Thursday night. Uh, Michael Carter's done some decent things, but not putting up the type of numbers 
he did one year ago. Point I'm making, the Jaguars are very average against the run. They're not dominant, okay? We saw what they did last week uh, against Dallas. Dallas ran the football, oh, let's see here, 41 times for 154 yards. It's actually an average of just under four a carry. Even though they have two very talented running backs, Jacksonville did a decent job. And in that football game, you know, they ran it 41 times. They passed it 30. Typically, when you run more than you pass, and I don't know what the statistics would be, but I'm willing to bet, and I don't bet, but I'm willing to, that if you were to track history, even track recent history, let's say the last 10 years, in the NFL, if you were to look just at a team in offensive snaps and you compared rushing the football to passing the football and you have more rushes than passes, you're going to win the game. Kind of like what I said about last year's 26-21 contest. Uh, Again, on that particular day, Zach Wilson threw the football 22 times. They ran the football 36 times. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence on that day went 26 of 39, okay? 280 yards. He didn't have a touchdown. He didn't have a pick. On that day, they ran the football 31 times. Uh, There you go. Pass to run. Lose. Run to pass. Uh, Win. The Jets aren't going to be able to do that tomorrow night. Excuse me. uh, Thursday night. They're not going to be able to do that. Okay, they're not going to be able to line up and run the football down Jacksonville's throat. New York is going to have to win by getting it done in the air. The pressure on Zach Wilson to come up big in this football game. With that said, I absolutely love the chances of Jacksonville going on out and winning this game. All right, when we come back. Let's uh let's grab some of your thoughts on this. 641-1010, best way to join us. And and you know something as well, JJ? Honestly, out of the three games that remain, I think Thursday night's the toughest game. I think a lot of people would say it's the easiest game. I think it's the toughest game. Houston's playing much better, but I just believe the fact that Jax has lost nine straight. They've heard that. I mean, the fact that that Doug Peterson pushed those buttons two weeks ago yeah, by was, showing them the film. I was thinking the same thing. They're, they're going to have a video ready. Oh, <laughs> and, and I'm totally convinced that Tennessee is dead. Yeah. I think Houston I beats Tennessee this weekend. I think Dallas rolls Tennessee in two weeks. And I think Jacksonville punches them right in the nose here in three Sundays. So believe it or not, I actually think – Thursday night's game against the Jets is the toughest of the three remaining. I I, I still think it's going to be Tennessee. There's going to be so much on the line with that game. I don't – I was just saying this on Helmets and Heels. I never understood the love that the Jets got this year besides the fact that they're just, you know, in New York and a lot of the media, national media people are New Yorkers and they're New York fans. I didn't understand why they were talked about so much. And I think the Jags are going to beat the brakes off them. Honestly, I think – as long as the weather stays semi-decent, I think they're just going to score too many points. Like, the, the Jets' defense is great and all, but I don't see them scoring more than 15, you know, 17 points in, a, in the game. So, 
As long as the Jags score three touchdowns, they should win. I'll tell you why they're getting it, and you answered your own question. They, they won four ball games a year ago. They won two ball games in 2020. Uh, they won, all right, they were actually seven and nine. Uh, they won their last two. They were five and nine and, and, and won their last two to go seven and nine back in 2019. So that's the reason why. A lot more wins uh, than normal. Six wins in the last two years before the 2022 season. And, you know, it just kind of feels like their staff is much improved. Obviously, they have a quarterback dilemma. Uh, they do. And if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not worth discussing almost as, as like a, a team that can compete at any level in the playoffs. That's why I, I understand why they were talked about. Nice story to start the season, but I think they're going to finish with a losing record and they don't have a quarterback of the future. And they're kind of stuck with one that they took at number two and it's too early to tell them to hit the road. Like they're, they're in a really bad place offensively-wise for the next few years. I read an article today. I think it was Bill Barnwell. Uh, is that the guy at ESPN? I, I may be getting it wrong. Uh, but anyway, I need to take a break here. Um, yeah, he had tw- 2023 quarterbacks. Yeah, Bill Barnwell. He had, he had, in his opinion, 19 of the 32 teams wow. that could change quarterbacks for the 2023 season. 19 of 32. I mean, think about that for one second. And then consider how fortunate you are to be in Duval where your quarterback is getting better week to week to week, and he just turned 23 years of age. It's unbelievable. All right, we got a ton to do. 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We'll take phone calls tonight and light them up. I can't believe I got open lines. I mean, you got to be kidding me here on a Tuesday. 641-1010. You can also get me on Twitter, Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Are you a lucky little lady in the city of light? Or just another lost angel? The city of night. And the city of night took down seven good and or bad Human beings taking the Phillips Highway stroll last week. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Some of Jacksonville's finest getting dressed up. Hey, you want a date? You gonna spend the night in the in the Hilton, right? In the Ten Hilton. <clears throat> So there you go, the world's oldest profession. And I, I, I think it happened somewhere else I read as well. There was another sting in another part of town. That's a shame on JSO, honestly. It, it's not like they're catching these people doing anything nefarious. You guys are going you guys are putting a woman on the street acting like she's a prostitute. Like and and are you then a lucky little lady of like, the city of night. To me, that's so dirty, man. It's one thing if you, like, catch a guy in the city act of with nights. a real prostitute. But... City of Nights. <laughs> you didn't know. Did you know that L.A. woman was based on a prostitute? I had a good idea. Okay. 
Yeah, Christopher Allen, Gabriel Lopez, uh, Canuto Perez, and Barbara Rodriguez. Just poor Johns. Just looking for a good time on Friday afternoon or whenever it was. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's you know I don't I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think um, it's entrapment, man. I can understand that point of view. Um, I would like to say I wish there was a little bit more attention spent towards trafficking and certainly underage, but I know yes. a few people involved in that capacity, and let me tell you, they work their ass off. So I guess there's just a plentiful of, uh, of Jacksonville's finest who <laughs> were able to set up that stink. But how do you get pinched on Phillips? I mean, come on. I've been careful. warning you people. For, how long have I been on it now? I've been <laughs> warning you people forever not to get pinched on Phillips Highway. I mean, if you get pinched on University or you get pinched on Lane Avenue or you get pinched, you know, wherever, that's on you. Okay? Um, or that's just the unlucky draw. But, man, I warned you people about Phillips Highway. Yeah. Pedro Plancante, <laughs> why aren't you listening to us? So there you have it. But. Eduardo Castire. Mm-hmm. Just some good guys looking to relax after work. I thought that stuff only happened on, like, cop shows. You know, like, every cop show's got, like, the really hot chick, and they're like, yeah, we're going to need you to dress hey, up Debbie, tonight. we need you to look like a prostitute. We're going to put you on the street. Your code name is Medusa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And You're you got her tap there. The back you, of your head two times when you need us. You got a guy reading a newspaper on a bench. That there's no <laughs> such thing as a newspaper anymore, except for when there's a sting going on. <laughs> and the dead giveaway is that a guy's reading a newspaper. <laughs> okay, once the that happens, I mean that that dispels sting, you. right? If you got a guy there with the paper or unmarked uh, van <clears throat> across the street, yeah. So, be disappointing. careful out there, folks. I, I, that's. That's almost, that's like more embarrassment than anything. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if these guys lost their gig over it. They lost their job over it. But let's say you have a, let's say these guys are, are out running and ripping on a Wednesday. And then Thursday night's like bowling league. All right. And you show up to bowling league and you just got run. Hey, Eduardo, I saw you on the news <laughs> last night. On a prostitution sting. <laughs> How do you explain that to the guys, in, you know, inside, inside, you know, between the lanes at, at your local bowling league? And what's worse, how do you explain it to your wife? Oh, these guys aren't married. Oh, yeah. Kidding me? I mean, the, the happy wife? No. No, here's a guy asking me, what's the best spot? I, I don't know. 0674 asked. I have no idea. I just like to have fun with it. I, I think it's closer to the city. Used to be right around the Gator Lodge, right? The centerfold. They continue heading north. It's at the Mount Vernon Hotel, which you can rent by the 10 minutes. No. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can rent that out, not not hourly. You can rent it out by every 10 minutes uh, over there. I have no idea. I just like um, talking about this. It, it, or, see, here... I'm under the impression that stuff on the street's gone. 
isn't everything now like online yeah. on the internet or you know on your phone it's all call girl it's all absolutely the, the the days of street corner that's done that's why that's part of why i make fun of it on tuesday it's night like an old school thing it's but apparently not because i'll you know when i go through phillips most times it's after i'm downtown covering the jaguars and i'm heading here so it's Almost always still light out, and I almost ne- you know, I don't see anything, you know. So I think they've done a nice job. Philip Phillips Highway is not as as bad as it was five years ago. Definitely cleaned up. And where I live, there's nothing happening. I mean, for crying out loud, if you could put a street girl out in Bayard, but cry that'd be like the biggest announcement ever. All they're doing over there is knocking down trees. Okay, adding more lanes. How they knocked down the rooster for crying out loud. It's the boringest section of Jacksonville. There's nothing from Bayard not to Bartram. Not street walkers in the Bartram there's, area. There's not a thing. There's like a cemetery there. There's a couple of antique shops there. Someone's saying, what about 45th and Moncrief? Me and Rick don't make it out to that area very often. 45th and Moncrief. <laughs> <laughs> I... Can honestly tell you, I don't think I've ever been to 45th uh, in Moncrief. Probably never will. That was a famous sports den reference. 45th in Moncrief. Yes. Okay. <sighs> All right, you knuckleheads. Stay safe out there, boys. Do you get your money back? Because <laughs> yeah. doesn't the money, doesn't the transaction have to actually take place? That's what it, on cops. That's what it seemed like. You can't just like sit in the car and have small chat. I, so actually, let's say it's tw- I don't think the money has to change hands. I think there has to be like a, um, he has to maybe say out loud like, "Yes, this is what I want, and I'm going to pay for it." If anyone knows this, please, uh, yeah, hit us up. Please uh, let me know on the um, text line. Okay, at six four one ten ten, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. So let's say it's, let's say it costs twenty bucks. Okay, wow, cheap. If you hand the twenty bucks and then you get arrested, I'm you, assuming you don't get it. You're back. gonna get fined. You know, you're not gonna get thrown in jail. You're gonna get a misdemeanor. Um, you're gonna spend some time behind bars. You're going to get released, and my guess is you're probably going to have to go in front of a judge, and you're going to get some community service, uh, probation, and probably a fine. But do you get your 20 back? No, let me tell you how the racket actually works. So you get arrested. For every day you're in there, it ain't free, bro. You pay. Nothing's free. So like you, that money that you come in with goes towards you know, your account. And, like, if you claim you're indigent, then you don't have to pay anything and you don't have to pay all these fines or whatever. But if you have money, then they use that and they take it from you. It's, it's a racket, man. Okay. Now, when you're in there, you can also deal a little bit. I mean, you can sell <laughs> your smokes. You could sell your body. No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you can sell, sell anything in there. But let's say you're on, let's say you're top bunk and you want to go bottom bunk. You can sell mm. smokes. Um, you know, because you, I, if you've been around, I haven't received one in a little bit. The guy from prison who sends me letters quite a bit. Oh, the Hack used to get the same thing. Yeah. When I worked Hack show, there was a, a listener on, he wasn't on death row, but he had life. Mm-hmm. He loved 1010XL. Well, he's got a lot of, he actually asks really good questions. Okay. As a matter of fact, I will neither 
confirm nor deny that he is a ghostwriter for Into the Night. <laughs> He's comes okay. up with a lot of topics. He in comes the up with some sensational <laughs> ideas, and but I'm, I'm again, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna reveal any more. Uh, but yeah, I haven't heard from him in uh, in just a little bit. Here's a guy who's telling me it's forty dollars blue. <laughs> Um, yeah, twenty. That was twenty before inflation. Eighty four, forty nine. <clears throat> Blue. Every one of us is paying for it in one way or another. We'll try getting divorced, bro. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you talk about you know, if there is no such thing as the devil, try going through the divorce here in Jacksonville. Being a man in this state sucks. <laughs> Your ex wife's gonna take it all and then come back for more. Uh, 45th in Moncrief uh, from the 5200 zip code is the highest rate of AIDS patients. Wow. I thought that was in, like, the Belglades area. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, when I Google it, I— Well, I, I'll tell you where <clears throat> I'm from. About an hour out from where I'm from is the Villages. And the Villages is, an, is a retirement community. I thought that was a nice place. It is a nice place, but it has the largest percentage of STDs in America. Because, you know, everybody's old and everybody's like a widow or widower. And you're, when you're old, you don't need to use protection. So they're spreading disease. And it's, uh, look it up. I didn't know if this would go over well or not. We kind of got on a little bit of a tangent here. We, we've got about 75 to 100 people on the text <laughs> line really who, who are chiming in on this with their opinion. Some honestly want to know. Others are telling us. Uh, quote, I honestly hope it's not $20. Uh, here's one. The 2859 says JSO can't actually solve crimes, so they have to create some. Amen. Hmm. That's the same with drug stings and stuff like that. It's all it's disgusting. Well, yeah. I mean, the DA's got a charge, right? That's the way uh, it, it does happen. Sex crimes are real. Sex crimes are awful. Of course. They are. I'm not saying that, though. Oh, yeah. I understand what you are and what you're not saying. There are a lot of people who agree with what you said, okay? Um, as I said earlier, I'd like to have a little bit more focus on on other issues. But again, I, I do know some folks who are involved in that, and they work incredibly hard uh, trying to figure all that stuff mm-hmm. up. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. After some of my work, does that, yeah, here's a guy, uh, yes, are you kidding me? The rooster's, yes, the rooster's gone. Was that a bar? Oh, yeah, it was a, um, it was a biker bar right there on Old St. Augustine and Phillips, and it was legendary, and first off, the best way to describe it to you, it actually had a trough, okay? Old school. Yep, but. I seem to believe this, and I always said it. You know, I had that recurring dream where I, f- I flew into the rooster in my uh, key GMC Sierra, fully maxed. I mean, just on steroids. I'd have my arm out the window. I had a big dip in, and I just barely nicked one Harley, and a domino <laughs> effect happened. And like 30 Harleys went down. And, and then like I came, thing you know, a whole biker gang's outside. No, but I came out of the truck and I was like, what's up? And oh, they look like massive bark, but no bite. You'll find these people like on Monday afternoon performing open heart surgery. It's just they're one day away to be kind of a rebel riding the Harley. Right. 
but it was a recurring dream that I had. So at one point, and I remember Sully, who owned it, um, he was a Boston guy, but, but at one point, a lady, this was like 15 years, this was like right when I got back in town. We were across the street. I was on in the afternoon with, uh, with Donna Murphy Ballou, or Donna Ballou Murphy, and one of the owners, a lady, calls me from the rooster and, and, and tell me she's going to make my face all disoriented and <laughs> she's going to lay a beat down on me. It was a, it was a true story. But yeah, I, I have absolutely uh, been to the rooster. And one day, I, I know they didn't pick up the lease. It happened right around COVID, but it wasn't a COVID-related situation. Was it the buyer rooster? The, 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 the lease was too expensive. So they said, forget about it. And now they've bulldozed the whole thing over. Mm. <clears throat> bikers freak me out, man. I do not mess with bikers. Uh, I don't. I don't risk if they're just like the the doctor who you know wears leather and you know does this once a week, or if it's actually a tough guy in a biker gang. I don't take that risk. Cut she me rides off a in Harley Davidson. <laughs> we got a. We got no exaggeration. One hundred and fifty people who have commented on this. And then you get to the forty, uh, the thirty-eight, forty-three, and he says, "Baloo, any chance of Jag stock?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna get to that on the other side. I promise. And those on the line, let's see: Philip, Ian, Dave, among others. We will get to you that much. I do promise. You on the other side. This is into the night. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. It is 846. I am Rick Ballou alongside JJ. Tomorrow night, 6 to 8, off Thursday for the Jags football game. Friday, Mr. Chubby's Wings. Ponte Vedra Beach. Right off the mean streets of uh, Nocatee in the world-famous A1A. We'll be out there Friday. Six to eight. All right, let's turn our attention, although it appears many, and I say many, 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 were kind of enjoying the conversation that we were having. <clears throat> maybe we need to, maybe I need to create my own podcast called the Phillips Highway Stroll. Okay. <laughs> Rick Ballou giving you the best stories. Maybe, from I, the counter maybe I could steal one from O'Reilly and be like, <clears throat> Where I'm looking out for you. Uh, all right, let's get to it. <laughs> uh, this this one guy. Yeah, this is my new favorite texture. And we're, we're not going to give his digits. No, but he claims that he is the son of a son of a pimp. Yeah, son of a pimp who formerly ran his words Phillips for 15 years, but he says it's too hot with cops now, so he doesn't even mess with that area anymore mm-hmm Have you ever read any iceberg slim is that a writer yeah well he's a former pimp who became a writer. oh no never heard of him really no very educational writes about all sorts of um of different things different topics oh, from the 60s okay. L- L- life's got yeah i mean i i i would uh it's it's truthful it's not gonzo journalism like hunter 
Thompson, uh, yeah. yeah, Hunter S. Thompson. I read all of, of Hunter S., but I've read a few things by Iceberg Slim. Very, very, check uh, that out. It, it's, uh, it's different, and I appreciate it. I also appreciate our listeners, who, particularly those who have been waiting <laughs> on the line. Let's get to Ian. He kicks things off. You go into the night. Thanks for waiting. How are you? Good. Um, never thought I'd get a full breakdown on prostitution on 1010, but that's what you get. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I got a couple uh, things. Um, first off, I kind of lost hope before we got Trevor that we would ever get a franchise QB. The years were just so rough. So it's just crazy to see. Like, I mean, I'm down in the AUG and I see people rocking Jags here everywhere. That's just, it's insane. Like, what winning does? Right. The culture changes, the city support. And my next thing is, or more question is, is Evan Ingram our top priority to resign next year? As I personally think so, and I'll hang up and listen. You know, I think the priorities have changed over the last couple of weeks. I, I happen to be one of those who felt that every tight end uh, really in the stable, outside of Luke Farrell, who barely plays, is gone. They haven't utilized Dan Arnold. Chris Manhurts is a serviceable blocking tight end. Evan Engram in a one-year show-me deal for $9 million. Uh, I figured that they would move along and, you know, address this either again in free agency or the NFL draft. Uh, some comments he made this week about how much he's enjoying playing here. He's, he's done the two things that you were concerned most about. Number one, his ability to stay healthy. And number two, the fact that, he is catching the ball. Let me let me look up how many drops he has on the year. I, I want to say it's under five in now, what, uh, 14 games. So he, he has gotten better at that. But uh, as far as priorities for me, yeah, I, I would put that up there. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Josh Allen, but Josh Allen has his fifth year picked up as a first-round draft pick the team-only fifth year, you don't have to do anything with Josh Allen for another year outside of pay him $10.3 million. I, I think because of the position, I probably put Juwan Taylor and what they're going to do at right tackle ahead of tight end. And the only thing that's really sad about all of this, we know that Cam's gone for the remainder of the regular season. All right? We want to see what Walker Little can do, but all of a sudden he only gets a few at-bats at right tackle. Cam goes down. He slides over to left tackle. Give credit to Juwan Taylor, who had a hamstring, came back, played that game with a hamstring. Oh, by the way, Jacksonville doesn't have a backup tackle right now. And, you know, they brought in a guy today. I think it was Meeks who they brought in. Let's see. Uh, today... Jacksonville worked out Bobby Massey. Uh, this is according to the, uh, you know, the NFL's league log of, of guys that, you know, teams bring in players every week. In some cases, two or three days a week, every week. So they worked out Bobby Massey today. There's been zero announcement as to whether or not he has been signed. Um, but I guess the long-winded way of me answering this question, it is disappointing that we don't get to see Walker Little at right tackle because 
I'm under the belief right now they're going to re-sign Juwan Taylor. How about you? If I, if I threw down ten grand right now on the table, said oh, are they yeah. going to sign him or not sign? Which way are you going? Definitely yes. But before this season, I would have said no. Yeah. But, um, yeah I think they're going to. And you know what? In in, in I'm not going to change my tune now just because they're winning. I think they settled on Cam, and I think they'll settle on Juwan Taylor. When you have a 23-year-old quarterback, when you have a guy who's as good as he is and getting better, I want, I want the best offensive line in the NFL. And left guard's going to be an issue next year. It feels like Fortner is getting better on a week-to-week basis. Brandon Sheriff has played well. But Old, though. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, look at Dallas. Dallas has two Hall of Famers, and they rotated right tackles. You include Jason Peters into that mix. I mean, that's three Hall of Famers on an offensive line. I, I, I want that dominant offensive line. All right, so long-winded answer, I would say that he's, he's second after Juwan Taylor for me. Uh, on defense, I think the biggest decision they're going to have to make is can they restructure the contract to Rayshon Jenkins right now? I think they let Harris go. Uh, they let Shaq Griffin go. And that's it. So they're going to have to create some cash. They're going to have to make some more moves. No doubt about it. You think they sign Allen to a long-term deal before the season starts? No. Nope. No. Nope. I think they're going to wait out that fifth year. $10.3 million. They don't have to right now. And... I don't think he's a Jalen. I don't think he's a unique where he's going to cause uh, Maurice Jones-Drew had a holdout. I, I don't, just knowing a little bit of, uh, of Josh and the type of guy he is and the type of season he's had, I don't believe that that is going to be an issue. Now, he may get advice from his agency uh, you know, to hold out and do this and to hold out and do that. I, I would be surprised if it ha- he hasn't earned top five edge money. And I read about it earlier today. Jordan DeLugo put it out. Let me see if I can find it for you. I, uh, I don't know what I did with it. I put it. So- All right. Well, here it is right here. And, you know, the source here is pro football focus. So it's not the gospel. You, you, you can take it for what it is. All right, here's what DeLugo put out earlier today. Among uh, among edge rushers, Josh Allen, he's 13th in quarterback pressures. He's 8th in quarterback hits. He's tied for 42nd in sacks. He's tied for 18th in tackles. And he's tied for 30th in stops per pro football focus. There's nothing there outside of eighth and quarterback hits, that is even remotely close to top five edge money. And that's what he's going to ask for. So you got to ask yourself, do you pay that? And what I'm looking at is, no. First off, this isn't like the last two years. Jacksonville is going to have some salary cap restraints this season, and they're going to have to make some difficult decisions. So if you can keep Josh Allen around for year five at 10.3 per, okay, two things happen here. Number one, what if Allen continues to play around the same football? 
you probably let him go because after last after next year, what else happens? The third year of the contract of Trevor Lawrence is up. And unlike Josh Allen, you're not going to make this guy play through his fourth year. You're not going to sign him, you know, to that one-year team option for year five and then take a chance of maybe franchising him three years down the line. Even though you can maybe save a little bit of cash now, it's going to end up costing you much more three years from now when you give him that mega long-term contract extension. You're better off playing Trevor Lawrence in day one in March of 2024, right? Play out this year, play out next year, March of 2024, what's the going rate? Pay him and, and, and give him the money, okay? He'll be, he's what, he's 23 now, he'll be 25 then. The longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. And as you know, Jacksonville can't do it now because the NFL rules, along with the National Football League Players Association rules, don't allow that. But that's another reason why you wait on on Josh Allen because you you don't have the cap money and you're going to need to fill in some more positions next year and then let himself play out. And, and you know, dare, dare I say this, what if they go to a 4-3? What if this football team, whether they stay with Mike Caldwell or not, what if they look at this roster and say, we're a better team with Muma in the middle, Aloha Khan and Lloyd, and all of a sudden, you know, you have Allen on one side, you're getting some really good push out of Arden Key. And, you know, Dwan Smoot is, he's more than a snap count guy. He's played a role this year, both inside and outside. So, so what if all of a sudden you think that you can get enough on one side with Smoot and Key, and all of a sudden you take Trayvon and you stick him inside? And if you have him inside, then all of a sudden they are generating a little bit more push. And what if next year Josh Allen is not putting up pedestrian numbers? All of a sudden he's putting up, some really good numbers because the defense is a different defense and it's tailor-made or at least it suits him somewhat better than it does this year. I, I think Josh Allen actually does a nice job against the run. I think Josh Allen should not be in coverage. I think he's good against the run and I would like to see him rush the quarterback a little bit more. So that's why it's tough to be the GM. It's tough to make all these decisions. Jacksonville has to start resigning their own players. And I talked about it all last week, and I did it on the Jaguars radio broadcast before the game. Do you realize all their top 12 players on offense were all drafted by Dallas? Nine of their top 12, including the kid who had the interception. I think he was selected in the fifth round as a rookie. Nine of the top 12 defensive players, I'm talking about going in the nickel coverage now on Dallas's team, were drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, 21 of their top 24 players, they drafted. On the Jags defense, what is it, like three? Well, you the got four. You got the, the Campbell, you the, have the uh, five two year guys, Cisco and Campbell okay, from a year ago. about Cisco. Both linebackers and Walker this year. Outside and of that, Allen. and Devon, and Devon Hamilton. Okay. And, and Dewan Smoot, he, he, longer in the tooth. More than I thought, but it, still. And on the offense, you've got four of the five offensive linemen. Right? 
Uh, you have Cam, you have Juwan, you have Fortner, you have Barch, Shatley. and you have Shatley. So you got five. Uh, and you've got ETN, and you've got Trevor. That's not enough. The 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 not one receiver. The best problem that you can have in this city with your franchise is worrying about what players you drafted that you have to resign. Look at Pittsburgh and look at New England. Now, Bill Belichick's draft recently has been bad. But over the last 20 years, look at all the first, look at Chandler Jones who picked off the ball on Sunday, the former first-round draft pick by the New England Patriots. Look at how many great players that they had that they just couldn't afford. Same with Pittsburgh. That's where you want to be. You want to be drafting these guys each and every year, and you're like, wow. How are we going to be able to? I mean, how are we going to be able to afford Andre Cisco and Tyson Campbell and Chad Muma and Devin Lloyd and Trayvon? That is what you want, and hopefully, that is where you get your calls to begin hour number two. That much I promise. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, 641-1010, the number. Let's get to Dave, who goes into the night. Welcome. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, Rick? How are you? We got my uh, eight-year-old son, Cody, with me here, and I appreciate that that educational session didn't go any, let's say, deeper. Right. All, so, the, uh, all the general stuff, right? Right. Um, so we were watching the game, and that Rayshon Jenkins interception just was so crazy. And then it made me think, it should be called the Immaculate Interception on the 50th anniversary <laughs> of the Immaculate Reception by Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw. Like, I haven't heard anybody call it that. I think we should coin the term. And we can retire early. Yeah, I like so it. We I just like it. Say, we want to say good night. And one more thing we wanted to say. Duval! There you Later. go. There you go. That, how about that? Out with a little boy, eight years old, Duval fan. I love it, man. The next generation. Imagine being eight and having your star quarterback 23 years of age. And you're just going to think the rest of your life that winning is just that easy. Not even realizing your poor father had to watch the Jags every year, finish with three wins, four wins, one win. Lucky. I don't want to say it. I don't want to use a bad word. I know he's listening. Lucky Jaguars kid. are going to win a Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence. You hear that, Cody? That was his name. Yeah. You're going to win a Super Bowl soon. Well, history has told us the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL win Super Bowls. Except one. I can name four. Dan Marino, Warren Moon, Fran Tarkington, and Dan Fouts. I I think some want to put Jim Kelly in there. Mm. To to me, Jim Kelly was part of an unbelievable team filled with Hall of Famers. Well, I guess there weren't that many Hall of Famers. Uh, You had Bruce Smith. and Thomas. You had uh, Thurman, and you had uh, uh, the wide receiver, Andre Reid. Okay, but you had a lot of very good football players. There's no doubt on my list, Jim Kelly would be five out of those quarterbacks. But the greatest who ever played the game, 
They all won at least one Super Bowl. This isn't baseball that that we're talking about here. So, you know, and it, it if if Jeremy, you're next. I'm going to get to you. I promise. I, I I know I'm long-winded tonight, but there's just so much out there going on now that we've had both Mannings retire, Roethlisberger retire, and Breeze retire. How many? How many? Super Bowl winning quarterbacks do we have? And, and Joe Flacco and Nick Foles will get passed by, but because it, that, that won't immediately come to mind. Brady, but, Rogers, Stafford. Uh, and who else? Russell Wilson. So that's six in the league. That's six in the NFL. So now you, Pat Mahomes is one more. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, so now you got to start asking yourself, who's next? All right. Is it Joe Burrow? Is it Justin Herbert? Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Is it Josh Allen? Um, you know, do we do we believe that that those who are thirty or around thirty? Do we believe that Kirk Cousins or David Carr or Jared Goff that they're going to win a Super Bowl? All right. Matt Ryan is up there in age. Do we? Matt Ryan should have won a Super Bowl. He didn't. If Matt Ryan won a Super Bowl, he'd be a Hall of Famer. First ballot. Look at his numbers. It's just incredible. I mean, those are the next quarterback. This is a quarterback league. We can go back and forth and back and forth. Just look at all these comebacks. Look at last week. We had three 98-yard game-winning drives, including Dallas the week before they came here. The greatest football game of the 2021 season was probably what? Kansas City-Buffalo. You gave Kansas City 13 seconds, and they found a way to drive the field. Look at what Herbert did against Tennessee last week. What was there, 47 seconds remaining in the game? super easy, man. 47 seconds. That throw down the sideline was next level. Herbert's a freak, man. He is. Jags got really lucky that he was, like, not able to walk in that game. I, I, I think Herbert's better than Josh Allen. You know, I, I, I put Pat above everyone else, like you do. It, you know, what does worry me a little bit is if you look at let, let's just say you look at the six great young quarterbacks in the NFL, all in the AFC. Fire in the five in the AFC. The only one in the NFC is Hurts. Okay, Tua. And I'm, not, I'm even actually saying Mahomes now is a little bit older. That's crazy because he's only, what, 26, yeah, he's like 27? he's grizzled vet out right. of that group. But, but Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Chua, and Lawrence are five AFC young quarterbacks. You have one in the NFC in Jalen. Jeremy is next up. He goes into the night. Welcome. Hey, Rick. Um, I just wanted to touch on something that I don't know if a lot of people are looking out specifically for the game on Thursday is, one, us being so thin at corner, and two, me having PTSD of Braxton Berrios absolutely destroying us last time he played the Jets and the fact that Trey Herndon's going to be guarding. Well, I tell you what, I don't think Braxton Berrios is going to, you know, put on the type of performance or pose the threat uh, that we saw a couple Lamb. of days ago by C.D. Lamb. No, I, I, I don't agree with that. But your point is accurate because I believe this, Jeremy. I don't think the Jets can run. I don't think the Jets are going to have success running the football whatsoever 
against the Jaguars. So I, I think you're going to have to pick your poison here. And, you know, Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis, actually Davis, is he nicked up? Is he even, let me see if I can find anything on Corey Davis. Uh, okay, he did play. He played on, um, actually, he did not play. Uh, they say he'll be a game time decision. Yeah, I, I mean, you say, with I, a concussion. I'm looking at the injury report. I, I went over it yesterday. I had three wide receivers for New York that were listed: Corey Davis, Jeff Smith, and Denzel Mims. You got three guys. Mims didn't go today with a concussion. He hasn't gone Monday or Tuesday. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Corey Davis, the aforementioned Davis, as well a concussion. He was limited yesterday. He practiced full today. So, obviously, that appears as though uh, the arrow was pointing up there for Corey Davis. Then you have Jeff Smith with a knee. He has not gone on, on either one of the last couple of days. Yeah, the Jets coach spoke today, said Davis and Quinn and Williams are trending in the right direction. Quinn and Williams is a beast. Yeah, 11 sacks, and he stacks the middle. I mean, is he the second best interior lineman in the league? Not named Darren Sizer Donald, Donald yeah. who didn't play last night. You know, he's hurt. Uh, Garrett Wilson is putting up huge numbers, only averaging fourteen point four. I thought he'd give you a little bit more. Let me see what he averaged in college, just to kind of defend my point. Uh, let's see in college. Uh, well, he averaged sixteen point eight and fifteen point one. So I, I just assumed he was a little bit more of a deep threat. Uh, but, yeah, every time he catches the football, he's picking up a first down, right? 14.4 per. Um, I don't think they can run. What do you think they're going to do with James Robinson? You think they, uh, you, Let they, him go. How do you weigh? See, he's so unassuming. You know what I mean? James never says anything. He never tells you how he's feeling. I mean, isn't this, isn't this the time that if you're James Robinson – you put out an angry tweet or something? Yeah, or you you pound on the door of Robert Sala and you say, listen, this game means the world to me. You know, you've given me 29 carries in four games and I've been inactive the last couple of weeks. I really want to play. Now, Robert, Robert Sala, believe me, I've been thrown out of an office before and it's not pleasant. It sounds a little bit like this. <laughs> Get the F-bomb out of my office. Maybe Robert Sowell will do that. Yeah, I I just can't see him doing that. Like you said, he's so quiet. Like, there's guys that don't say a lot to the media, and then there's guys that don't say anything to the media. He's one of those guys. Uh, I, I, I would find it hard to imagine him going up to a coach and making sure that he gets playing time. I like him personally. I don't know him well because of COVID. I'm two of the three years I couldn't go inside and talk with him. But I will feel better as a Jaguar fan 90 minutes before kick when the inactives come in. And he's if he's a healthy scratch, to me, that is a plus for Jackson. Yeah, you know he's going to bust his ass in this game. Uh, traded. He, didn't, he, uh, he got hated on last year by Herbs. Got treated like crap after he fumbled. Yeah, this has revenge game for him written all over it. And this is his career. His career is honestly hanging in the balance right now. It's really a shame. It is. That it, injury killed him, man. We were talking about a certain subject earlier tonight on Phillips Highway. <laughs> the NFL's version of that is running backs. There, there is 
<laughs> I mean, they are used today, and they are thrown out the door. Absolutely. Tomorrow. There is no love for a running back. And you see what happened to Jonathan Taylor now. I mean, I don't care how great you are. It's both the best running backs in the league right now. Obviously, Barkley's had a, a, an enormous season. Chubb, Chubb right now is, is putting up, historically speaking, one of the best average per carries in the history of the NFL. Let me see. His career average is... Uh, five, all right, 5.2. It's actually down a little bit. I thought it was 5.4, 5.5. Five, five. But still, you compare that to the greatest runners uh, in, in NFL history, that's absolutely sensational. Let me see what Fred Taylor is. I want to see Fred's over five. I thought I had it written down here somewhere. I guess I did. I might have lost it. I'll have to. If you look at the look rushing leaders from this season, it's, it's not a, you know, you have a great running back, therefore you're a good NFL team. Not at all. You know, Josh Jacobs has almost 1,500 yards. I didn't even realize that. Uh, Derrick Henry second with 13, Nick Chubb 12, and Saquon Barkley. So the top four running backs play on, like, very average to below average teams. Out of all those running backs, who are you giving huge money to? Uh, I'm taking their age into consideration. I'm partial. None. I'm partial to Dalvin Cook. He's 27, and he's had two major injuries. In Minnesota. Now, granted, those were in his first couple of years. Uh, let's see. He's gone 14, 14, 13, and 14. He could play out this year. He's been nicked every year, though. And that's that's going to happen for running backs. Um, you know who I love? Christian McCaffrey. And that's a guy who gets hurt every yeah. single year. But no to me, doubt. he's the best running back in the league. Well, he's the best combo back. Yeah. Well, and and how about the other cat? Uh, I can't even think of his name. Kamara. What the hell's oh, happened to What's Alvin happened to Kamara? Kamara? I don't even think he scored a touchdown this year, unless he has like in the last week or two. I'm not sure. I haven't been really paying attention to the Let Saints see, at all. Um, uh, this year, rushing uh, 927 for McCaffrey. He is also one touchdown for Kamara. By the way, this year. he's caught 74 footballs with two teams this year. Has Kamara, oh, excuse me, has uh, McCaffrey, and he's put up over 600 yards worth of receiving. Mm. Um, yeah, he's got a chance to be at uh, 2,000 yards. He's got that opportunity. He did that in 2019, right? He had 1,387 yards rushing, and he had 1,005 yards receiving. And the guy put up nearly 2,400 yards. You know, the most yards around here in – Forever is without question the year Leonard Fournette put up over 1,700 yards in 15 games. And this football team thought so much of him, they cut him. <laughs> they, they cut a guy who put up more than 1,700 yards from the line of scrimmage. So we find this again before the break. It is absolutely it is incredible. In 2019, in 15 games, Fournette, 265 carries, 1,152 yards, average 4.3. He caught 76 footballs for 522 yards. Okay? And they caught him. They got nothing 
for more than 1,700 yards from the line of scrimmage. So, there you have it. All right. Uh, when we come back, let's spend a minute on this. I, I, I found it earlier today. I, I think this will surprise you, even if you are right now the most optimistic uh, Jaguar fan listening. Uh, here's a little something uh, to support that, which I, I, I think you'll like. Then also something on Trevor Lawrence, which goes the other way, and it really does surprise me. We'll get into that next. He's JJ. I'm Rick Ballou. Again, we'll take calls, 641-1010. Jaguar fans, also on our text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Same number, 641-1010. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, so a little bit earlier, I was asked about Evan Ingram. And is he priority number one to re-sign for the Jaguars? I think it will be Juwan Taylor, whether they decide to re-sign him or not. I I think the right tackle position will be one, but I I tend to agree with you. Um, You know, Dan Arnold, Chris... Manhurt's probably gone. And you can even make the case that you could probably redeal deals with them uh, to keep them around. I'm actually a little bit disappointed that there hasn't been a little bit more burn uh, this year for for Dan Arnold. I I, I really believe he's a a good athlete, but he's only caught eight balls uh, for 114 yards. Chris Manhurt's all year has only caught Six balls for 42 yards. Let me see his his snap count last week. Because he, he does a good job when they are running the football. I mean, 16 plays. So, you know, and I guess if I was to look at all 32 teams and look at, you know, fourth and fifth wide receivers or third and fourth tight ends or second and third backs, I would have similar numbers, but I do think at times there's there's some dead weight when I'm not going to say man hurts because he's in there for run. Jamichael Hasty, you know, 16, 16 plays. Jamal Agnew, 10. I mean, Jamal Agnew, again, I'm calling him VJ. I'm calling him Vinny Johnson. He's a microwave. The guy had six targets on 10 plays. He had three carries, two receptions, and one incomplete pass. Jamal Agnew is, is – uh, He's phenomenal. Yeah, but here's what I'm getting. Tim Jones had nine snaps. Do we even remember Tim Jones lining up? Dan Arnold, seven snaps. Luke Farrell, three snaps. Snoop Connor, three snaps. I think Snoop had one carry in the game. And, and again, I haven't put in enough work. Maybe I need to. This could be very similar to every team in the NFL. But But my point this week is... When you got a hurt right tackle and you got a a guy playing with not a lot of experience at left tackle and you don't have a backup, you got to say goodbye to the Tim Joneses or the Luke Farrells or the Snoop Connors to one or two of them and, and put another tackle on your game day roster. You have to. And again, they brought in a guy today and looked at him, Bobby Massey. They haven't signed him. Coy Cronk is a guy uh, that they may uh, may end up, you know, bringing up from the practice squad. Uh, who's the other guy? I can't even think of his name right now. Cole Van Lannen. That, that's it. 
uh, as a backup, listed more as a guard. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, he's been training this week at tackle and, and possibly he would be the third guy if that's the case. All right, so for drops now, Evan Ingram, he's got five in 14 games. Not bad. It's not great. You know, it's Jacksonville leads the NFL in drops. They have 31. All right, Zay Jones has seven. Christian Kirk has five. Evan Ingram has five. Marvin Jones Jr. has four. Three for ETN, two for Agnew and Hasty, and one apiece for Dan Arnold and Chris Manhurts. Unfortunately for Tim Jones, he has a drop. Let's see how many receptions. He's got three receptions for 30 yards in one drop. That, that's 31 drops. That's too many. And, yeah, there's no other way to say it. That, that's got to get better. And some of those drops have been very costly. Zay Jones a couple weeks ago, right? Travis Etienne on opening day. Um, but anyway, yes, I, I'll tell you that midway through the season – when I was looking at Evan Ingram, I was kind of like, man, he's not really – he was averaging like just over three receptions a game. You remember talking about that, JJ? And then he just like started right. scoring every single game. But I was like, he's just not living up to $9 million. He was he's- on my fantasy team and did nothing <laughs> for like the first 10 weeks of the year. I don't think he had one touchdown. He's basically – you know, let me see what he's giving you now. What, 61 receptions divided by 14. He's now giving you 4.35. It's a little bit better. Uh, but he has scored four touchdowns. He, he sh- he, he's just looked really good in the last couple of weeks. Let's look at his last couple of games here. All right, he, uh, two days ago, eight receptions, 62 yards, Right. Against Tennessee on the road. 11. Yeah, 11 for 162 and two touches. Just uh, just masterful. Even in Detroit, which was just awful, five receptions, 30 yards, and a touch. So you look at his last three games. You look at what he's done in the month of December. In three games, that's 19. That's, that's 24 receptions in three games. The uh, game before that, he had four yards right uh that's about 260 yards and three touchdowns 24 260 and three after having one touchdown the entire season yep that's a take notice right there in new york uh as far as defending him all right a couple other things i said i wanted to share with you i i saw this today and i i just it was just phenomenal i mean i couldn't believe it i was reading but the very latest as far as Super Bowl odds to win the Super Bowl, okay, as expected, you know, the top three teams, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Kansas City. Right now, plus 375 for Buffalo, plus 450 for Philly, plus 500 for Kansas City. If you don't know what that means, you lay down $100. If Buffalo wins the Super Bowl, you bring him back $375, all right? For Philly, it's 450 For Kansas City, it's 500 for the 49ers, it's 550. For the Bengals, 800. For the Cowboys, 900. Then you dive into it a little bit here with what you would consider longer shots, all right? The Chargers and the Vikings, plus 2,500. You lay down $100, you're getting back 2,500. 
All right. You get to Baltimore, 2,800. Miami, 3,300 along with Tampa Bay. Detroit at 5,000. And then Jacksonville, 13th. 13th out of 30. I mean, just before I say anything else, 32 teams. Jacksonville's 13th. When's the last time in anything that we have talked about that had to do with with odds? I mean, every year we're talking about this team drafting first. Uh, Three weeks ago, they were what? Uh, Remember, they were fifth. They were fifth. They were fifth. And, yeah, I remember being a smart ass and coming on and going, the only bad thing about the win is Jacksonville's moved (laughs) down to number 11 uh, in the NFL. I mean, they are now 13th as far as Super Bowl odds at plus 7,500. So and nobody wants to play the hot team rolling into the playoffs. No. And obviously, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Jaguars are going to win a Super Bowl. That'd be foolish. But plus 7,500, see, if, if you do play, it's that whole risk-reward situation. Right, you're going to grind out Buffalo all year? Congratulations, sir. Lay down your hundred dollars, and you're gonna bring back three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Isn't that great? Go get yourself some wings and some draft beer. It's it's not worth the stress for that little amount of cash, right? The key is to find a team. Is to find Cincinnati from a year ago, even though they didn't win it. They came close. You know, the key this year would be finding TCU mm. in college football, not Georgia. Okay, not not the expected favorite. Jacksonville's that team, plus seventy five hundred. You lay down a hundred bucks, you're winning seventy five hundred dollars. Imagine throwing down a thousand bucks. Imagine this having a thousand bucks laying around, and you're like, you know what? What do I got to lose besides a thousand dollars? You you hit that bad boy, seventy five thousand dollars. You guys have a thousand bucks hanging around. I'll take that bet for you. Seventy-five k. So, and um, and 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 the betting on this is obviously based on the bets that are in. Most are betting on Buffalo, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and San Francisco. That's why your reward is so little, even if it's not Jacksonville. Can you find it? I mean, would you ever bet on Detroit? There are better odds than Jacksonville. By yeah. better, I mean, you know, less. Yeah, they're... Uh, I'm looking at They're 5,000. Yeah, about uh, 5,400 over here. Okay. Yeah, this, they're different in every book. And the Titans barely over the Jags. So I, I saw something where the Titans have a slight advantage um, just mathematically-wise. You know, if you go by the computers and the outcomes that they think is going to happen... Which I don't know if that takes into consideration the massive momentum boost that the Jags have right now and how Tennessee is just dying. I I, I saw I think ESPN has them at like sixty something, sixty two percent for the Titans to win the division or something like that. I don't buy it. Now their next opponent, they're double the Jets. The Jets are fifteen thousand. Okay. It, no quarterback. There's been a little bit of a money dump today on New York. Okay, that line has moved from even to minus one. So the Jaguars all of a sudden are a one-point underdog. 
That may be different here local, um, depending on where you shop, all right? But imagine having the guts. Imagine being right now betting on New England after what they did. 125, 125 to 1, okay? That's $12,500 to 1. You lay down 100, you know, you lay down $100, man. You're getting 12,500 back. You lay down 1k, you're getting $125,000. Same deal here with Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay looks like they're totally out of it. You may have watched last night's game and thought, hmm. I mean, you know how this league is. You need great quarterback play, which New England does not have. I mean, you could say what you want about Aaron Rodgers. He looked a little slow last night, but he is coming off consecutive MVP seasons. So with the longer odds, which quarterback are you going to gamble on right now? Brady doesn't look the same. Goff looks really good in Detroit. Obviously, uh, Lawrence looks spectacular here. You're not going to bet on Tannehill in Tennessee. You're not going to bet on Danny Dimes in New York. You're not going to bet on, you know, they're talking about possibly changing quarterbacks in D.C. now. I guess Heineke's going to get at least one more week. What about Kirk? Man, I don't, I don't know what to make. I mean, I even though they came back. To go down by 33 to Indy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just can't get over that. <laughs> I, even though it's the greatest comeback in the history of yeah. the NFL, wh- how can you bet on a team that falls 33 to nothing at one point? I mean, to me, that is, a, that is the biggest of red flags. I'm like, that team is totally inconsistent. We saw what Dallas did to them. Mm. Dallas beat them like 40 to 3, right? Yeah, I just think a lot. I don't bet. handled them like any semi decent team seems to beat them. I don't bet at all. So, Uh, one other nugget here. I'll grab a call. Let me see this one. This one was, uh, was interesting to me. It was actually disappointing to me uh, when I read it. And that is uh, line movement. When quarterbacks go down, okay, uh, what the heck did I do with it, Blue? Did I whack it? I must have gotten rid of it somehow. Hmm, I hate when I do that. All right, sorry for the tease. I, I thought I saved it. But anyway, it, it only had uh, Jacks, Jacksonville moving two points if Trevor Lawrence went out. What? Like, yes, yes. I was like, are you kidding? I can't believe I erased this. Imagine, by the way, I was thinking about this today, if what we thought happened in Detroit actually happened, Mm -hmm. and he was out for the rest of the year, like where we would be at, what we would be talking about right now compared to they just beat the Titans and Dallas, and they're on their way to win the South. Mm -hmm. We thought he was done. Oh, yeah. That that is a fair point. Damn, I don't know what I did with that. Ah, because it was, uh, I guess, C.J. Beathard, man. Well, it was like if Patrick Mahomes goes out, it it can move the line eight points. I was about to say at least a touchdown. And with Trevor, it was two. And I was like, wait a minute now. Can't be right. 
Chris is next up. Welcome. Rick, what's up? Hey, Chris. Hey, I uh, just wanted to, uh, I don't know, touch in on your uh, your Jaguars bet. Um, I'm, I'm honestly tempted to put some money down on Jacksonville. I called in about five weeks ago. We were talking about Jacksonville's point differential and uh, Jacksonville possibly going undefeated the rest of the season, and I'm uh, one loss off of that against the, <laughs> the Detroit game. Right. Uh, so, if I lay some money down for Jacksonville to win the Super Bowl, um, who's the NFC odds to go to the Super Bowl right now? Oh, it's Philly. Yeah, and go back to 2017, had Jacksonville beat New England, who would be playing the Super Bowl? Uh, you're right. You would have played Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that'd be something. Yeah. It, it would. Yeah, and, and Peterson uh, against his old team. They got a great coach too, Nick Sirianni. I mean, he, him today talking about Jalen Hurts, man. If that doesn't fire up that entire city and team, I mean, that's a that's proof right there of how much great coaching means. I guess Philly, since Jacksonville knocked off Dallas, they sent like yes. thirty five cheesesteaks and so, fries. Uh, somebody that works for the Eagles like called Philly's finest, which I think is a wing or a. Uh... Cheesesteak restaurant South in the beach. Okay. And yeah. they paid for the Jags to have lunch on them. Right. Which is just awesome. Yeah. Hey, everyone He's likes so Doug Peterson. there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have never seen a guy who was fired be so adored by a fan base. But, I mean, get a ring, bro. You're a legend forever. Anything else, Chris? Hey, uh, I, know, I know you don't gamble anymore, but uh... – if you got some money laying around, I'll lay the bet for you. And if I win, I'll split it with you. <laughs> you got it. There he goes. Yeah. It, it, you don't even have the itch. I I was uh, – recently I was deeply under the influence. And um, I wasn't driving. Never do. But I was actually considering – Making per- a bet? The perfect bet. <sighs> One bet. I mean, just – just one bet, and here's what I got for you. There's no such thing. That's not true. I'll give you a perfect bet. There's no such thing. What do you got? Thursday night, Jags plus one. Take it. Take them on the money line, man. I would not bet Jacksonville <laughs> with your money. With your money. I would not do it. Um... But again, if you're going to do something like this, and if I was to do something like this, if if it's if you're going to devote yourself to it, you got to really take the staple out of the wallet. It's it's not worth stressing over a tiny bit of money. You understand my point? And that's one of the major reasons why. And I've said this before. This is the quick little PSA because. What you folks do, I've already tried to warn you about the hookers on Phillips Highway, and I feel miserably with that, okay? So now I'm, I'm going to bounce back here with when it comes to wagering. When I, particularly when I, and I've done it forever, but when I was in Chicago and I started having babies, I'd have a couple hundred dollars on Kansas City, Cleveland, right? And one of my babies would be tugging at my pant leg and, you know, asking for a sippy cup or something like that. And I'd have, you know, my left eye on her and I'd have my right eye because uh, I had a great basement bar in Chicago. It was just legendary. And, and my garage was, I had a TV in the garage. Everyone in Chicago barbecues out of their garage. 
Because it's so cold outside? It, I don't know. It's just I've never seen anything like it. it. And I lived in a cul-de-sac, which was incredibly diverse. And some of my favorite neighbors were, were from the Philippines. And another another guy was from Iraq. Um, it, it, it just uh, – but anyway, we would always bar- – well, I'm talking about six, seven, eight, nine-hour barbecues. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Just keep like – I don't care if it was one chicken wing. We just keep something on the grill – and we'd have a blast. But so anyway, I had my left eye on my little girl, or one of my little girls, and I had my right eye on a, on a Cleveland Kansas City game. And I look up and I'm like, yeah, that's a first down. And I'm like, then all of a sudden you look up again and you see a picture of a referee giving you a holding. So you got your girl asking you a question and you're like, you're not 100% there because you're concerned about a foolish bet on a game that means nothing to you. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight on Tuesday. Tomorrow night, our regularly scheduled program, 6 to 8, off Thursday. And then Friday, 6 to 8, we'll be at Mr. Chubby's Wings, 6 to 8, out in Ponte Vedra. Uh, Let me give you this as we wrap it up. The latest for injuries today. Um... Trevor did not practice yesterday. He was limited today. Uh, Limited today as well were these five players. Andrew Wingard, Trayvon Walker, Chad Muma, Brandon Sheriff. That's an upgrade for Sheriff with his abdomen. He did not practice on Monday. He did today on Tuesday. Uh, Obviously, Cam Robinson out. He's not been IR'd. He's still on the injury report. Uh, Juwan Taylor, the hamstring, limited on both days. Unfortunately for Big Foley, Foley Fadukasai has not practiced on either Monday or Tuesday. We'll have the final injury report tomorrow, and of course the decisions will not be made officially until 90 minutes before kickoff coming up on Thursday night. That's going to do it. Thank you to JJ. Thank you to all of you. Again, tomorrow night, 6 to 8. Right here in your home of the Jags. My name is Rick Ballou. Don't go anywhere. Hacker Nation. Up right now.